Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hey Nonprofits Raise More Money. I'm Trevor Nelson, HGA Fundraising. We have a really special guest, a partner of HGA, a friend of HGA. He's the Scottish auctioneer, Jordan Campbell. That's right. He's Scottish. He wears a kilt, full regalia every time he does an event. But he's a very, very talented live auctioneer, fundraising consultant. He does fun and need, emotional appeal, a great fellow, a friend once again of ours. He speaks five languages. He sold live auction items on three different continents. He sold a live auction item for $1 million once. That's right. So this gentleman has a, a ton of accolades. I'm only naming off a few. And like I said, he's a, a friend of HGA. We have the pleasure of working with him and a lot of his organizations throughout the year. So please, everybody, enjoy this episode. Make sure also to tune in for the HGA free webinar series where we have Jordan on to answer all your questions. Everything live auction, fund to need, anything under the sun that pertains to fundraising or kilts and tartans, if you like, as well. But <laughs> before we get into this episode, Bailey, hit the music. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about, you know, um, events that you have that you're excited about and, and the consultations you're having like right now and moving forward and gearing up to have a pretty busy season, I'm assuming, obviously. Yeah, well, it's it's been uh, obviously busy holiday season. I, I went back home to Scotland uh, to visit family and, and so on. Uh, it's given me a chance to recharge and uh, and get ready for the new the new season, which is fast impending. Lots of great causes coming up. I think the next event I have is just next week. Um, and that's a really cool one for Recliff. It's uh, an autism charity side by side with Matt Olson of the Atlanta Braves. Um, oh, him and his wife are very close with the the family who who started Recliff. And so that's going to be at uh, Truist Park. So that's uh, it's going to be wow. an interesting one with all the Braves players and really get to grips with some generosity and but apart from that so many other events coming up it's a it's a busy spring season i tell you that i can't wait because there's a good variety of different events coming up different themes different styles every nonprofit tries to approach it from a different way it's my job is to try and i help nudge them in in the way that ultimately engages the guests in the best way and even more importantly to raise funds you know at a maximum level yeah well, it's one of the things I wanted to talk about. It's interesting. And I love it. I mean, that you're sharing about particular organizations. I, you know, we don't like to play favorites. We work with so many different organizations, but I do have ones that mean a lot to me, right? And that's the typical thing with a donor or supporter or volunteer. It's like a lot of times, like if it's your child's school or you've been affected by a certain disease or, you know, affliction or what have you, it's like those organizations mean more. And and it's also, I'm assuming for someone in your position, I'm not speaking for you, but when you get to work with new organizations that have this fresh approach and at really cool locations, it kind of invigorates you, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, it's just an absolute honor to work with all of them. I can't think of a luckier job to have or me being a luckier person to have such a job. Because ultimately, my aim is, particularly during the emotional appeal, after you've done a live auction, which is all about energy and engagement and getting those pulses racing in that, that way, before you move into the fun, the need, or the emotional appeal element of the evening, is to harness that excitement that they've just had from the live and convert it into that emotion. Because you want to elicit that emotion. You want to make sure the guests really feel in a powerful way the cause and feel what they're donating towards ultimately. And, and so for each script that I make for, for each client, my aim is to, to allow the guests to feel that this guy's not an outsider. 
this guy is with the organization um, because yeah, I'll do my due diligence, study up, make sure that I feel it as well. And it's hard not to feel in at these causes. And so each one is, is scripted towards and tailored towards a different nonprofit every single time. And, and that's my aim is to elicit emotion to, and it's not hard for me to, to get that emotional over it as well. Um, and I think that comes across. And as you say, of course, there's some causes that might touch you personally more than others. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to say that to a client because they think, oh, you probably say that to all the nonprofits. Um, right. But it, it's in all sincerity, it's the certain nonprofits I work with where it's it just it's hard for me to hold back the tears on stage. Wow. I guess you could say that's a great thing, you know, yeah. because it really conveys that emotion in a genuine, sincere fashion to the audience. But then you've also got to try and hold it back a little bit because you can't be this crumpled up old mess on the stage. Um, you know, and, and then try and ask for donations. But so there is a good balance to, to strike. You're absolutely right. Bottom line, whilst all of the causes are great, they're of course ones that touch you more personally because maybe a family member is being affected by it. Right. So, yeah. 100%. Um, I wanted to ask you something. We're always settling this internally and speaking to clients and doing coaching calls. <laughs> Just getting right to it, right between the eyes of the, with a crazy question. But okay, so. You obviously expert in the live auction, an expert in the emotional appeal or fun and need. Just settle the score for us or give me your opinion. Are we pulling from two different budgets with donors with those two revenue enhancers, with those revenue generators? Uh, fantastic question. Um, great New Year's question there, Trevor. You've been, uh, you, you've been prepared. <laughs> yeah, ultimately, there is that school of thought. There is yeah. that argument out there that, okay, well, if we have more live auction items, that it takes money away from the potential free in inverted commas donations in terms of net profit for the um, for the fund needs. I'm of a different school of thought. I think obviously you don't want to, as a whole, if you look at it from a bird's eye view, you don't want to have a deluge of all these different fundraising points that ultimately will tick off the, the guests because you know they're there for a good time as well. They don't want to be constantly badgered. Not that it is a badgering way to ask for funds. If you do it too many times in too many ways, then I think that loses its shine when you actually do do it. So yes, there is that debate. Okay, well, some fundraisers have 10 plus live auction items. Some have four, you know, some have three. But, and the ones that have three, they're trying not to detract from the fund they need. But my school of thought is effectively, is if you do your job right, not only as an organization, not only as an event itself, the theme, the feel the vibe that every single part of the run of show telling a story weaved together threaded seamlessly then and plus the auctioneer of course doing his job his or her job right then you should be able to open up the floodgates for donations from all sides because yeah. obviously there's other factors and there's silly little factors that make people laugh is you know what drink are they on by that point you know right. that's always you know, sounds like you know i'm being flippant but it's true. There is a sweet spot. I call it third drink sweet spot. But that aside, there's all these different elements and factors that, that are into play that if the live auction is done in an exciting way, plus they're the right live auction items for that demographic, and if the emotional appeal, whether it's a video, whether it's a grieving family, or whether it's cancer or arthritis or whatever the cause, as long as there's some sort of touch point there, as the auctioneer myself, for example, getting up there and, and playing on that emotion in the room and, and making sure that everyone feels it too and really touching their hearts, then there's no reason absolutely why there should be a debate between less of the live or more of the live right. and, and vice versa. Yeah. Well, we're, yeah, we agree about that. We, but <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a 
that's a, a it's a road that we're all we're all hauling together you know what i mean <laughs> so well, that's it. yeah I mean, yeah there, there, there are always going to be those naysayers who say oh no but what if what's the expression cut off your nose to spite your face you, you're trying to do the best thing by thinking okay well i can dedicate more funds or, or donations potentially to the fund need by taking from the live auction but what if by doing so you're leaving money out there yeah totally yeah, true. there's no harm in trying everything I agree wholeheartedly. I agree wholeheartedly. No, I think it's awesome. I appreciate you you putting it so eloquently. You bring so much to events and I've seen you, you know, in action and you know, in full regalia and and you you quote unquote, you work the room before the event, during the event, you're out there. And what's interesting is I jotted down some notes before we met. I'm frightened of having a microphone in my hand and public speaking and things like I, I interpersonal love it. I love I love people. I love communicating. I'm I'm not an introvert, but for some weird reason, I'm just frightened of having the microphone in my hand. And you just seem so natural, engaging. A lot of times in crowds where you've never met the people, you know what I mean. Obviously, you know you can't meet a 500 people in, in a in a 500 person event, you know, all all at the same time or or at all sometimes. But has it always come so naturally to you, or did you have to overcome your own, you know, trepidation and fear about it and what have you? Well, yeah, first and foremost, I'm blushing. Thank you for the compliments. That's true, um, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not an overnight thing. Um, I think it's a mixture of uh, nature and, and nurture, I guess, um, for lack of a better term. It's taken years to, to be able to lots of public speaking and so on to get to the point where I can finally go up. Luckily, it's been a few years doing that now, where I'm not having to do three deep breaths, you know, where I'm not having to, what, what I used to do was I take three long deep breaths. My mother always used to say before I took an exam as a, as a wee boy, go ahead and take three deep breaths and then go for it. And so I would used to do that for a long time, but then I realized I didn't need to anymore because I came to the point where I'd done it so many times. But I, I think ultimately it's, it's understanding that the guests that, and the advocates of the cause they're spending their hard-earned money on the tickets to go, uh, as a minimum, and they're taking their Friday night. They've, you know, maybe got a babysitter in many cases, and they're all dressed up. They're they're there to have a good time, as well as learn about the cause and resonate and donate. But you don't get the resonance and the donations without that first part, which is engagement and, ex and excitement for them to feel a part of something. So all that to say, I think my job is is more than just doing an auction, it's a performance by the end of the day of some type. It's knowing the audience, reading the audience, understanding how to corral the audience, bring them all in one direction. Because because they're there to have a good time, you can't demand all of their attention. Some might be at the bar at the back, some might be speaking to their neighbors. But if you engage them enough, then they will all watch you. They'll all resonate with the cause and, and pay that respect to the cause. So yeah, I think it's a performance. I think you've got to be occasionally have a bit of wits and uh, have a bit of banter with the audience. I think that's key is to identify people in the audience that you can look at and go up to and, you know, shake their hand and give them a high five occasionally and have that back and forth because then they feel even more part of it. I mean, right. that's super important is that everyone feels together. I'm not just a guy talking at them on stage. It's, it's all me. My idea is to make them feel part of it. And that's why I run around a lot. I use it, as I think I said last time, as a workout. <laughs> yeah. It's... I look how many steps I do on my phone afterwards because I wear the kilt and my phone's in the in the bag, in the sparring, we call it, the little bag in front of the kilt. And it's just about 13, 14, 15,000 wow. steps yeah. a night. That's awesome. Just because I'm running back and forth. And I think that creates that frenzy. Every auctioneer is different. Some do it differently. And that's my certain style. 
uh, with my personality and hopefully uh so far so good i think it's it, it works it's definitely working it's definitely working well I, I remember from our last conversation if i recall you speak five languages you've sold you've sold items in live auction in on three continents or maybe more i'm assuming so yeah the language wise yeah i've just always been a big fan of languages i studied at university at st andrews russian and spanish and then i went to china for 13 years did auctions with yao ming there the, the basketball player from houston rockets and I just love languages. I was always rubbish at math and science and things like that. So uh, languages were my thing. I'm the same. And it's good because in certain clients, uh, in certainly in the South right now, some of the clients I've worked with, I try and employ some of the Spanish. There's not so many Russian speakers in the audience or Chinese speakers, but certainly in, in other parts of the US, I'm sure I'll encounter at some stage. I speak Spanish, Spanish and English only at the moment. But uh, I, I've been the same. I've always had a, a, a real uh, fondness of language. And you got to go to Scotland with an infant, by the way. So, you know, good on you. <laughs> so, over the holidays, we went to Puerto Vallarta. And so my little, my little five-year-old speaking Spanish now as well and, and uh, still speaking it now when we got home. So I'm assuming young Charlie is going to pick up on some language too just by being around you. Oh, by yeah. Hopefully, um, you know, I, I don't know. Obviously, he's been brought up in the States. So I'm going to expect in that American accent of coming out once he starts speaking. He's only seven months old now. Daddy, can we go to the mall sort of thing um, <laughs> right. going on? So I'm, I'm going to try and make sure that we temper that somewhat. Yeah, get, get that boy <laughs> traveling. Just, just so he, he has his Scottish heritage. But um, of course. yeah, the, the Scotland was great. It's always good to get back home. And then once you have that break from that fundraising season, it actually gives you a time to reflect and, and to think of new ideas and new ways to approach the, the shows and, and the fundraisers. So it's, uh, yeah, it's nice to be back though. Well, if you don't mind letting some things out of the hat, so to speak, give me some of those new thoughts and things that you want to implore this upcoming season and beyond that you're Yeah, just... Uh, just, just a couple of wee things because I always think with events, it's the small things that, that make the biggest difference. So all these tiny little touch points that the guests you know, see and uh, either consciously or subconsciously. You know, one of the things, you know, that, that I would recommend is well, a couple of small things is that if there is a theme, um, have your, and I, I know you might, I'm preaching to the choir and any other auction teams out there might already be doing this, but it is theme just to make sure that um, your bid sponsors and clerks are heavily invested in that theme. You know, we've got one coming up that's a carnival theme. And so I've got the, the ringmaster hats, you know, I'm going to wear the kilt, of course, naturally, but ringmaster hat and the cane and just these little touches that they feel and, and your bid spotters and clerks are, are wearing the same. And just so the, the audience feels that these guys are really in this. That's uh, it's all those little touches. And then during the cocktail hour, uh, one of the things we always found was when it came to live auction items, when people are doing the hour of mingling prior to going through to start the program, is there's not as much visibility for the live auction. So aside from the standard recommendation of having all the easels, the beautiful live auction items printed out on beautiful backboards, great pictures, the absolute minimum of information in terms of the benefits of the live auction next to the bar area, because obviously that is a, an icebreaker area where people line up and wait for their drinks, but also have your volunteers or your bid sponsors actually take the, the large posters off the off the easels and walk around. Love it. Love yeah, that. Kind of like Wheel of Fortune style yeah. walking around. Um, but because that brings eyeballs to the, to the live auction items and brings a little bit of intrigue as well. So, I just missed that. Someone was walking around with a board. I'm going to follow them. Yep. And then they engage with them and talk to them. And so that's just, all these little things. And, you know, when, when you're on stage as well, it's every single auction year has a different strategy for trying to, if there's a rowdy crowd, 
is how do we get them to chill out yeah um focus on the mission and listen without being mean without being rude there's always different ways i'm like my way you know and i think it's all about exuding a certain amount of uh, hopefully if they like you as an auctioneer then they'll listen to you i think that's the bottom line if they like you if you're likable and affable on stage then immediately they're drawn in and drawn to the course i agree wholeheartedly i think it means the world i love what you said you, you said it sound it, it was we a we point but i think it's massive to advertise these items i think it's massive to advertise the items pre-event during the event i love the easels i love them in high traffic areas but i love your idea i like them having a secondary at check-in checkout even or as you mentioned beautifully walking around you know stirring up some emotion with them and, and obviously some interest. I think that's lovely. I think I think it sounds simple, but it's so effective. It can be so effective. And just to add to that, I mean, we always forget that when it comes to selling on stage at the live auction items, it, it shouldn't just be visual and, and hearing because we have, what, six senses? Or is that that's the Bruce Willis movie? No, five senses. <laughs> right. How many senses do we have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five or six. Yeah. Anyway, we have a multitude of senses that sometimes we forget when we're selling because effectively when you're on stage, to a certain degree, it is a sale because you're trying to sell them on the idea. But in most cases, with live auction items, it should, it's not a sale because people are there to help. People are there and they also get a great live auction item. But I think is to sort of touch upon the other senses. So when it comes to, there's a Top Gun package uh, sold recently that was, it was fantastic, a chance to fly in one of these fighter jets and to learn about the maneuvers a la, a la Top Gun. So when the, I go, and the next item, ladies and gentlemen, is, and then the music comes on, the Top Gun music. Yeah. And for 10 seconds, everyone in the room is all buzzed, and then you sell. So all these extrasensory elements you can use in live auction to to augment and amplify what you're selling, or what, sorry, yeah, what, what you're putting up for auction. And, so yeah, and then going into the audience as well, having a little bit of back and forth with them, especially the ones that are interested by it. And if I've done my job right, then I will know during the cocktail hour prior who are the ones that are interested, particularly interested, who are the ones' eyes you know, really glow when they're looking at the live auction. Right, right. Yeah, so folks, it's going to become a situation where if that if that item st- stays alive, it'll be a, were you alive when the original Top Gun came out type question for the audience? Or how old were you more like it? How old were you when the original came out? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's awesome. I was probably, yeah, well, be personal. Yeah, no, no, I meant, I meant just, I'm, no, I'm, I'm giving you, I, you, I'm giving you advice that's free. It's free advice to use to engage the, uh, the donors. <laughs> well, that's, that's a good idea. No, I will, I will be using that. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I think it's cool. I think that there's like, well, with, with music, for instance, we're actually really, really big on like a, like sonic branding with a lot of our items and playing music with the live auction, you know, for live auction lots and when the videos go up and things of that nature. And I think that's actually really, really impactful because, oh, it, you know, like you said, from a sensory perspective, I mean, it just, you know, the, the Top Gun song is going to bring up nostalgia for some folks and oh my gosh, and the adrenaline goes up and and this and that, well, you that's know? Yeah. yeah, great yeah, example. Yeah, yeah, and you touched upon nostalgia. That's one of the. I mean, if you ever watched the series Mad Men? One of the great scenes that they say in it that Don Draper says, he talks about nostalgia and how it's so powerful. And it's from the Greek that's nostalgia, which is uh, basically the opening up of an old wound. So that painful feeling, and in many cases, a longing for something of times gone by. 
And so you can invoke that nostalgia in the audience when it comes to certain elements of uh, what you're selling or what the auction item is, and it's then you're onto a winner. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. For me, for some reason, I wrote this down recently because I write every day. It's it smells. Music definitely does it. Music definitely does it for me. It's like you know, like your life's soundtrack, right? Music, a certain song or what have you, will take yes. you back to a time, right, or a situation or an experience. But it smells, and it's so interesting. We're not going to do scratch and sniff posters for our live live auction or sound auction items anytime soon. But when you see like Maui, for instance, on a poster. And I just remember, like, for the first time I ever went there, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's like the air smells sweet, you know, because of all the the flora and fauna, you know, that kind of stuff. I just think, like you said, you can just really, really play well, on that. Right. It's an underutilized tool. Our next tool. business idea there, Trevor, our next business idea, we're going to find out these machines that just whacked in the scent of Maui. And we could do it. Africa and wherever it might be that they're going. Yeah, we could do it. That's for sure. I don't think I don't. there's nothing that stops us at this point. I believe it's the greatest time ever to be alive. I believe. It's the greatest time ever to raise money. I really, really do. I think there's more money. I know you and I have a lot in common with these thoughts. I think at the greatest time to raise money, I think there's a tremendous amount of money in the system. More than ever, obviously, obviously. And I know you're very, very, you're very optimistic, very glass half full. And we're constantly preaching that to our clients as well. It's like, don't be afraid to push the envelope. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to inject your live auction with some new items that you've never done before. You know, a big thing, and I want to hear your, your feedback about this because you're, you're actually the one doing it with the microphone is we hear a lot, oh, our silent auction was underachieving or our live auction underachieved. And we always say, frankly, I mean, not we, we say it very kindly is, well, why don't we give your donors something that they want? You know, and you mentioned like the Top Gun thing and, and, we talk, and we're obviously in the trips and experiences business. And I just think it can be that simple sometimes. And, and so when you talk to a client, do you tell them to pull the board, the committee, go through data from previous years and see what worked? And, and do you, you know, inject from a consultative standpoint any kind of feedback about, hey, this is a good idea on how we can get some feedback on what folks really want? Because if we give them what they want, if we color outside the lines a little bit and give them the Top Gun experience, that's going to work because it's cool. But, you know, talk a little bit more about, you know, just helping folks understand that we got to give folks what they want. So, you know, items that are cool. It's a, it's a great area to explore. Because ultimately, one of the first questions I ask, I, I have the hours of consultation calls prior to the event with right. the client to go through everything from the run of show to the live auction items, the fund, the need, how to approach this, how what to do, what not to do, what worked previously, what will work uh, as far as we believe based on that. But one of the questions I ask is always about the demographic. Tell me about your audience. Tell me who they are. And they'll go through, okay, well, maybe 50% male to female, age ranges are this, you know, there's a huge range. And then that's, that's all useful information, but I also want to know who they are, um, why are they come into the evening, what's their affiliation with it. And obviously I can't do that for every single one of the 300, 1,000 guests or whatever it might be, but it's the idea to get a feel. So in these consultations, the whole time is I'm trying to get a feel of who the audience are, feel for the event itself, to imagine, and my aim is to put uh, the nonprofits, uh, the teams I work with, who are organizing the gala, put them in the shoes of a guest. You know, I ask them to close their eyes at the beginning, sometimes, not all the time, but I ask them most of the time, and just thrust themselves into the evening. You're walking in, what happens? What does a registration desk look like? What is a cocktail hour? What is on my left? What's on my right? Where can I get a drink? All these sort of questions as we go through during my consultation so that we have every touch point covered because it's not just on stage that suddenly I didn't know there was a live auction, you know, suddenly they're having to make a split decision, have to 
No, they've already thought about. The guests have already had in their minds on some level. A, I know which live auction item I'm going to buy. B, I don't know what the live auction items are, but I want to donate on some level tonight, so I might have a flutter. I might have a bid anyway. Or C, I know what they are, but I have a limit on what I'm ready to spend. But the idea is that every touch point from the cocktail hour, where I told you they, they go around with the signs and see the live auction items, to the music, to everything, is if the guests feel looked after, if they feel this is a really fancy exclusive night, and even if it's not, that's not the aim, as long as it hits the theme, then they're far more willing to put up money, far more willing to go that extra few hundred dollars on a live auction item, whereas previously they might have not done. It's all that, those touch points throughout, and as you say, Trevor, perfectly, prior to the event as well, a bit of marketing, emails, oh, we're three days out, ladies and gentlemen, did you see that live auction item we've got coming up in Tuscany? That sort of idea. So people start to get excited because people do earmark. If any, if anyone that's listening to this and has ever been to a casino, the smart thing to do is to go into the casino knowing, I know how much I'm going to spend and I'm, what, I'm not going to go beyond. This is my ceiling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Leave the credit card at home. <laughs> right. But some people are like that when they go to these events as well. In many cases, of course, there'll be the outliers where a spur of the moment decision, wow, okay, I didn't think of that. I'm going to spend it, whatever. But I think setting up the client for success, going back to your original point, is really all about looking at what is selling well in the market based on our experiences as the auctioneers and yours, of course, as uh, you know, those providing those great live auctions, is to say, okay, well, Tuscany's been done a lot recently. I've done 10 events and every single one had Tuscany for the sake of argument. But Spain and Portugal are doing quite well. Or the Caribbean or Mexico or wherever it might be. And it's my job to go to the client and just sort of nudge them in those directions. Because I can't say you have to do this because ultimately it's their board and their committee who will procure the either donated items or the consignment items. All I, all I can do in my, my best point of value i think on this front is to is to say look is it is the understanding i have of the market right now is my understanding of your audience ultimately you will know your audience better than i do because you've been with them for years but this is how human psyche works in the market and so this i would recommend as a live auction totally yeah i think a lot of times i think a lot of organizations and you know i forgive them i think they overthink it i think that maybe one person steamrolls the whole committee or the board and you know their opinion means more than the what's really in the market what the market's really telling us as you as you mentioned and and that's unfortunate because once again you say like you say cut off your nose spite your face leave money on the table and that's the unfortunate side of it i mean as lovely as, as it is because the intention there is excellent is to have board members that manage to procure donated items that is a beautiful thing because you're getting someone's timeshare and Jamaica or wherever it might be, and it's pure net profit, for lack of a better term. But at the same time, you might not be able to sell more than once. If it's really popular, then you're stopping yourself from selling multiple times and therefore getting more money for it. Right. I see the pros and cons to both, yeah. of course. Um, and especially if it's a donated item, if that donor is in the audience, that is awesome because that means I can go up to those, those donors in the audience Tell me more about this. Thank you so much. You're making them feel, and people psychologically around them, especially on their table, are more inclined to bid. Totally. If that donor is in the audience. 
sometimes because you know that's just the way a one-to-one connection it seems like yeah 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 that's awesome yeah I, I you touched on another point i just think i'm a big believer in this and i think that we agree leaving when it comes to the advertising of any item for that matter or what's going on you know no surprises advertise everything that's how we're built right now from a you know from how we you know take in information digitally you know at the moment we're big on handwritten notes as well but i don't want to get into the minutiae about you know advertising for events and whatnot but they're all very effective and we need to do we need to implore all of those strategies but i'm just a huge believer in advertising these items pre-events there's nothing left to chance and when we get the chance to consult with folks and coach them on their items when we actually get to that point we spend more time talking about <laughs> about pre-event fundraising and just coaching in general than we do really talking about items actually when we get to that conversation it's like nothing left to chance. Let everyone open, you know, full kimono, show everyone everything that you're, that you're offering. And I say, they're going to figuratively start packing their bags. You know what I mean? It's kind of like going through the process, so to speak. And I just think that well, that's, I, it. that's what you guys do. So well, HGA is just, you know, feedback from the clients is that, you know, you're very responsive and you take them through all the pros and cons as well, because there's, there's nothing better than having someone talking about package, but also talking about the cons because you know, it shows that you're not just there to sell. Um, you know, it's you've got to give them the full picture, and you guys do that excellently. I appreciate that. The packages you have are, are very attractive to to clients and to these nonprofits, and ultimately, that the more variety is, is is always better. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, brother. Thanks for the kind words. It means a lot. Well, we we think the world of you, and as a partner of HGA, and really looking forward to this next year and all these different organizations and how much fun it's going to be. It is a privilege. It truly, truly is a privilege to get to do what we do. Grateful that we get to do it together, Jordan, and that we get to help your, your clients. And I appreciate the work that you're doing and I can't thank you enough for the time. Can you do me a favor? Will you let folks know where to find you, brother, whether it's LinkedIn, a social handle, your website, all the above? Sure thing. Yeah. Jordan-Campbell.net. I think you say Jordan-Campbell.net in America. Either that or email me at Jordan at Jordan-Campbell.net. Cool. I appreciate that. And then, hey, uh, bid bid in the UK was Flutter? What was it called? What'd you call Is that it? Right? What'd, you, what'd you refer oh, to a bid? Oh, Flutter. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, yeah, this is just a turn of phrase we use. It's usually uh, when it comes to... Uh, either playing poker or, or bidding. Just have a wee flutter. Just go, just go for it. Have a wee bit. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, we're going to start using that one. I'm going to quiz the team internally. <laughs> what that means. <laughs> hey, hey. Good. Well, I'm glad I can impart some uh, British wisdom. Can't thank you enough for the time. Thank you so much. Happy New Year Absolutely. to you and your young time. family. Yeah, thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you. You too. Speak soon. All right, later. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you love our podcast, click the download button, rate us, and follow us on social media at HGA Fundraising. Get out there, start fundraising, and raise more money. See you next time.